This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good evening, everyone. How are you doing today? My name is Michael Zuber, author of One Rental at a Time. And I was sent a YouTube video and asked to do a reaction. So that is what I'm doing. The video is called America's Looming Housing Crisis. I was asked to give my feedback and thoughts on it. And instead of kind of interacting with that video, I thought I would share with you kind of my takeaways from it, kind of the bigger picture and where we go from here. I think there's a lot of things to kind of break down because first and foremost, I believe, you know, whether there there is a housing crisis, I would actually argue there's several housing crises going on. And that's where the media kind of gets it wrong, gets it messy. So when we think housing crisis, I think we need to step back and we need to talk about which one, because unfortunately, this is at ever high rates in California and likely the country. Um, you know, evictions, if you believe the media, are about to go through the roof. Uh, first-time buyers are having more and more difficulty buying homes. There's, there's lots of things going on, and I don't think it does us, I don't think it helps the problem unless we talk about individual ones. So I'm going to take a shot at kind of breaking down what I saw in that video, kind of my thoughts on it, because I think it warrants a discussion, right? We're all in this together. And the first one that comes to mind is what's been happening the last 14 months, 12 months, whatever you want to call that, uh, has been very unusual activity in the housing market. The fact that you've had to spend 50 or 80 or 100, or I've even read one article about a house in Berkeley that was a million dollars over asking. The fact that there were 10, 20, 30 offers there for a while is not a normal market. It's just not. That is, That has never been, not even during the craziness of the housing run-up in 05 and 06, was that kind of behavior happening. So when we look at the last 12 months, and you want to call the last 12 months a crisis, but it is absolutely starting to die off, right? Uh, just read an article today, for example, in Realtor.com that is talking about what I have been talking about for six or eight weeks, that inventory is coming on, demand is slowing down. So I think the unnatural activity that we've seen the last 12 months will work itself out. Uh, it will become a normal market when we take supply from what is now 1.2 million available homes to 3 million homes. You know, but if you want to increase that, you know, you could create tax incentives for owners. You could do things of that nature. The reality is we have been having an unusual market. If we haven't learned anything in this pandemic, the, we shut down an economy and unusual things happened. 
Now we're trying to start an, uh, an economy and unusual things are happening. So to think that the last 12 months will be like the next 24 or 36 months is probably to be misguided. I don't expect that next summer, so 12 months from now, we will still be hearing about 10, 20, 30 offers. Not going to happen. I think the housing market was a rush. And now, just for comparisons, think about what's going on in the wedding industry, right? Weddings were shut down for a year. Now that they've opened back up, now that people don't have to wear a mask, now that you can have more than 10 people in a room and you'll be okay, weddings are going through the roof. I did something on my daily financial news talking about weddings where all the weddings I have been to were either Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. There are now weddings on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Monday. This will work for a little while, and then the wedding industry will get back to doing Saturday and Sunday weddings. I think this is what happened in housing. We just were told to stay home. People worked from home. They realized their houses were too small, so they went elsewhere. I believe housing is already slowing down. You can find on my channel, I've been I've been creating videos called the housing slowdown for a couple of weeks now. I am not calling a crash. I'm not calling for price depressions. I am just calling for a slowdown, price moderation, because when supply will increase, it just, it takes the pressure off. It's not like a champagne bottle that just keeps going higher and higher. So uh, I think what we've seen the last 12 months is right now working itself out. Number two, the fact that we are rough and tough between seven and eight million homes underbuilt, we have underbuilt the last decade. There are lots of reasons for it, but we should really start thinking about them. Being underbuilt eight, let's call it seven million homes, that's a problem. I think that's stuff our leaders, our government leaders should tackle. I also think there are some things that we could do to make houses cheaper. I know that the technology for 3D printing or like things pre-built perhaps and shipped is not quite there. It's not quite scaling. But wouldn't it be nice perhaps if our government in this infrastructure bill that we've been talking about, these billions of dollars being spent, maybe, maybe we should put some money into 3D housing. Stick-built homes are expensive. Lots of labor, lots of trades. What if we invested in five years from now, every affordable home was, I don't know what the right word is, printed, 3D printed or whatever that right vocabulary is. You can build houses cheaper. It's going to take someone like the government to kind of incent that and kind of roll that out. And oh, by the way, they build them faster right? That's what we need. We need more units. The way you decompress these price escalations, it's supply and demand. If you suddenly threw 5 million new homes on the market, prices would come down. Prices would moderate. Prices would slow down. You want to be a first-time buyer? Do you want to buy in a crazy environment with no supply? Or do you want to be buying an environment where supply is 6 million, where usually it's 3 million? It's a supply-demand problem. We need to encourage. We need to demand. We need to incent. We need to put leaders in place that want to think about the future. These are things that they will need to start now and may outlast their term, right? They have term limits and 
you know, four or seven, whatever the years are. But we need somebody that's going to do that. Number two, I happen to live in California where it is very common for people to have to buy their first home two hours from their office. That is ridiculous. That is stressful. That is not good for the human body. That is not good for the family unit where you spend four to four and a half hours on the road just to get to work, come home, have dinner, go to bed. We need to incent and create infrastructure that could get somebody that's a two, two and a half hour drive on a train or like thing in an hour, in 45 minutes. The fact that other countries have high-speed trains or like transportation that can get us from uh, less densely populated areas to the work environments and home quickly is unacceptable. We need to have the infrastructure. The United States, and frankly, if you want to even talk about California, we have enough land. We just don't have the infrastructure to move people efficiently and quickly. You want to create more affordable homes in California? Make it a 45-minute train ride or like thing from the Central Valley to San Francisco to the Central Valley, to the Silicon Valley. You know how awesome that would be for people? Right now, there are people driving from Los Banos to two and a half hours on a, on a commute time. That is not good. That We are better than that. Let's get people that are willing to invest in infrastructure to get there. Number four, let's talk about Wall Street. There's been a lot of talk about Wall Street being the big bad wolf. They are essentially lazy people who chase yield. Right now, single family homes, unfortunately, are the best yielding investment. It used to be apartments. It used to be malls. It used to be office. <coughs> used to be data centers. But because our Fed has taken rates to ridiculously low levels, all of these deep pockets are chasing yield, and their last available thing is the single-family home. Wall Street has single-handedly changed some markets. They'll leave if they can get a better return elsewhere. They are very predictable creatures. If we simply raise the cost of capital, they would go elsewhere. I did the math on some of their transactions. They're getting about a five-and-a-half to six-cap on these single family homes. The only reason they can do that is because they can borrow at 2%. Borrow at two, earn six, that's called positive carry. You take interest rates from two to four and a half or five, they'll leave. They'll go somewhere else. The Fed has created so much liquidity and cash in the system. I don't know what to do with it. The fact that folks like JP Morgan now are sitting on $500 billion in cash should tell you something. There's nothing out there. Think that the, the asset inflation, the yield chasing environment is not there. The Fed has done enough. Stop flooding the market. And then in this particular video called America's Looming Housing Crisis, I thought there were a couple of things that were unfair. There seemed to be an attack on the mom and pop landlords. Right, let's just clarify the mom and pop landlords. Right, there are 24 million units owned by mom and pop landlords. 
The average landlord, mom and pop landlord owns three. So if you can do the math, that means there are 8 million mom and pop landlords. The mom and pop landlords I know treat their tenants well. I know plenty of mom and pop landlords that serve the Section 8 community or housing assistance. Without mom and pop landlords, that program would likely have very low inventory. Not to mention that there is somewhere between 30 and 40% of folks that always want to rent. To go off and attack mom and pop landlords on par with Wall Street was unfair. The fact that many mom and pop year and given up tens of thousands of income is awesome and speaks to the quality of mom and pop landlords. To attack them entirely is unacceptable and not fair. The other thing to talk about as the housing slowdown, back to point one, we are going into a housing slowdown, not a crash. We have to take some personal responsibility. We have to understand that you have the best way to get on the housing ladder today. And again, getting on the housing ladder is important. You can get in with three and a half percent down. You can get in with three and a half percent down and house hack. There are tremendous ways to get on the property ladder. But some of it takes personal responsibility. Yes, you need to save some money. Yes, you need to live below your means. Yes, you need to stop flexing on Instagram and social media and buying the latest kicks and technology gadgets. If you want to own something, it's time to buckle up, save some money, and go make it happen. Don't just sit there and throw rocks at people who sacrificed for a decade. Sacrificed for a decade. Live below your means for a decade. And you want to throw stones at them? That is not cool and not called. That's just uncalled for. You want to sit there and be unhappy in a curmudgeon and blame people? Don't pick on people that choose to sacrifice and do it for a long term. That is not okay. You can get on the property ladder today and certainly easier in the next 12 months. So again, this was spawned by a, re a video that I was asked to look at called America's Looming Housing Crisis. I think there is several housing crises. We shouldn't blend them into one isn't one housing crisis. There are several. And we should attack each of them individually. Uh, because if not, you just can't get anywhere. And I really think attacking mom and pop landlords was uncalled for. And let's not forget, if you want to get on the housing ladder, there's a pretty defined process. Save three and a half percent down, watch your credit, and get after it. And again, I do have good news. I think more inventory is coming. We've seen inventory tick up in the last uh, two months with more coming. So I do think uh, for you that have been struggling to find that first home, good news, more inventory coming. I think inventory raises or rises uh, throughout the rest of the year. So in the end, that's my reaction. Again, I agree. We have a housing crisis. In fact, I think we have three or four housing crises. And we need to hold our government accountable. They, they have the ability to attack a couple of them. I think we need to look at the infrastructure. We need to look at technology and we need to get the Fed to stop printing freaking money. That is the reason Wall Street has come to single family homes. Trust me, they will go somewhere else if the cost of capital rises from zero to four or 5%. So have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye.